Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the SVT Podcast Show. I'm with my guys, Sam and Vince. Hello, guys. Hey, hey what's there. up? How was, uh, I know we, we kind of talked pre-show, but uh, if you want to give us a quick spark notes, uh, Sam there with your birthday festivities, how did it all go for you? It was great. We went down to, uh, we did Universal Studios Hollywood, uh, Disney California Adventure, both were fantastic we uh we really enjoyed the the harry potter land I, I know that's not what it's called but that's what i call it. it's harry potter harry potter land i think it's like it's not it's called hogsmeade hogsmeade <laughs> there you go um I, I'm, I'm making fun of it but actually i i love the shit out of harry potter <laughs> that was so we we completed the movies uh all the movies before we went on the trip uh because julia needed to know what the heck was going on and I'm texting Vince some of the questions I had from the movies or that Julia had. Mm-hmm. And, he, and I go, well, you've read the books, right, Vince? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't you read them like a lot? And he's like, I read them a few times. I'm just being humble. <laughs> I was trying to keep it low key, you know, but um yeah, you, you kind of opened up uh, the Pandora's box of information that I just spewed uh, real out quick, on you. I did not tell you guys this in the pre-show, but real quick, quick story about Universal Studios Harry Potter. We 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 went back on Wednesday because Julia really wanted to use her interactive wand. So we're going to all the little stations using our interactive wand, and we're doing the gestures with the map, you know, finding them all on the map and doing the gestures. And we're on like the third or fourth one. And the gesture is not working. Um, so, we're, you know, she's doing it over and over again. And, you know, she's trying to find the right angle and this and that. And this guy, um, in a, he's wearing his, uh, I don't know, the robe. What is, is that what it's just yeah. the robe? Yeah, they're, um, they're robes. Yeah. And he has his wand. And, I mean, the tie. I mean, this guy, he, he, he goes to school at Hogwarts. Like he's in he's ready to go. Yeah. He's ready to go. He's just yeah. Dude. He's hopping on that train like in ten minutes. Yeah, dude. He comes over and he's like, "Here, let me show you how to do it." And then so he busts out his wand and he's like doing the little the gesture and he's like shouting out the command, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, "Now you try." And then so Julia does it and he's like, "No, no, no. Well, let me show you again." <laughs> Like, dude, like really, like really into it. And then yeah. like, I'm, you know, like I'm into all the nerdy geek culture shit too, but I'm also like, man, I'm at a theme park. I'm a 37 year old dude with a wand. I'm not taking it this serious, dude. Like, <laughs> so I'm just kind of staring at Julia and then she's, and then like, fine. And then what was the funniest part was when he would do it, it wouldn't quite work. Like he would have to do it like three or four times to get the thing to, to do the, the effect. Yeah. Um, it was just really funny, really sweet guy. Um, it was just one of those like, you know, odd moments of like, Oh crap. This, like, you know, he's really <laughs> into it. We're, we're amateurs. <laughs> and like knowing Julia, she was probably just like a doll about it. And absolutely, you know, and just kind of appeasing to it. But at the same time, she's just kind of like, all right, this is, it's a little overwhelming for her. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> It was hilarious, dude. It was absolutely hilarious. But trip went amazing. It was all good. I I did get to catch um, 
the fourth quarter of the Rams and uh, excuse me, the um, Bills and Chiefs. So I got the fourth quarter and overtime. As soon as we sat down for dinner, I got that. Um, so I did. I didn't get to see as much sports as I wanted to, but I did get to see uh, moments of games. I got to see the end of the 49ers game against the Packers. I got to see the end of uh, the Bills and Chiefs. So I got to see a lot of the end of games um, as they were happening. Uh, so that was pretty cool too. Right on. Okay. So I think that's probably a good, good, good spot as any to jump into it. Um, last week was the divisional round. I said on the podcast that it's probably my favorite weekend, uh, including the Super Bowl. If my team's not involved with the Super Bowl and God damn it, did it live up to the hype? Um, because every single game ended on the last play of the game, like, um, the Bengals 49ers, uh, and Rams all kicked the field goal as time expired and the chiefs scored the touchdown in overtime. And it was a phenomenal weekend. That chiefs bills game. Um, I was going back and forth like the entire time. I was like, Oh, I should have changed my pick. Oh, I'm glad I didn't change my pick. And it ended up being the chiefs. So I still get the points, but damn, like it made me sweat a bit. If the bills would have won, I would have went over on my picks. I would have put up a donut. (laughs) Yeah. You know what, man? I, even with the donut, I was hoping the bills would pull it out. I was hoping the bills would do it. Um, just to change it up, I like the Bills. I like their fans. The whole Bills Mafia donating yeah. to charity and, and breaking tables, fans. and yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I know the Chiefs fans did did a very kind gesture. They donated to a to a charity, um, you know, for the in regard in you know uh, similar to what Bills Mafia does. Uh, so they they did something kind too. I like seeing those types of things. But I, I was really rooting for the Bills. You know, once I started watching the game. Um, I only have one thing that I don't like the overtime sudden death rule. I really wish the bills got the ball back to tie it up and maybe go for a two point conversion and then end the game, with, you, know, you know? So I, you know, what's the point of having a clock, you know, like then there's no point to have a clock, just have the sudden death rule um, or just play the quarter, you know, or if the bills don't score a touchdown, then the game is over, but I really wanted to see Josh Allen get the ball back and see if he could tie it up. Like I wanted to see that. I want more football. Right. (laughs) Um, I actually kind of have a similar thought as far as overtime goes. And this is a discussion that basically ignited when the chiefs went down and scored a touchdown uh, to end the game and the bills never got the ball. Um, I kind of agree. I think the cheat, I think, um, each team should be able to possess the ball in overtime in the playoffs, but also um, I, I, I don't know how you square the, you know, put the square peg in the round hole here because it, there's, you got to end the game somehow, some way. And so maybe, maybe my thought is each team gets the, gets the ball first. Um, and then uh, the coin flip is like, you know, the chiefs win the coin flip in this case, right? They go down and score a touchdown. The Bills get a chance to answer. If they do answer and tie it up, then it's next score wins. Um, maybe it's that. Maybe it's you give them 10 minutes um, and, you know, fourth quarter timing rules. And that's your, like, whoever's ahead at the end of 10 minutes and you play the full 10. Maybe it's something like that. I don't know. Um, there's There's got to be something. And, and, and 
the quarters don't have to be 15 minutes in overtime. I mean, but no. maybe you keep playing 10 minute quarters until there's a winner. Um, I, could I don't see know why, if I like that. I could, but, see why, I could see why they go to the sudden death because I mean, it's a physical game, you know, guys are getting beat up and then going into the next week, you know, it, it's a championship game. And what if you lose a star player in the, in the overtime? You know, yeah. um, now the debate is, you know, we lost a, a star player when it could have been sudden death. And so I get it. I'm just speaking from a fan. I wanted to see the bills get the ball back and see what they could do because that game was electric. You know, it was an A plus game, but if we would have got the bills to get offense again, that would have been an A plus plus game. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my thought, my two cents on, on what they could possibly do I, I would like to see that both teams get a chance to have the ball, but they only get to have two minutes on the clock and have to run their two minute drill and try and see if they can score within two minutes. And that's it. And then, you know, obviously in a playoff game, I don't know how you divvy it out if, if yeah. teams are still scoring in the two minute drill, but I would think that, you know, well, run your two minute offense. How many teams the, score? I like in the that idea, offenses? Tyler. I like that idea. I would actually. I would actually consider something like that. I would think about that. I, uh, my concern I mean, is you're making it a little too gimmicky. If you if it's like uh, you run a two minute offense and you run a two minute offense, um, and the the last thing you want is like uh, I, we talked before about how in hockey they go to the shootout in overtime, like after overtime, and that's that would almost be like running up onto something similar like that. And I don't know if I. I, I don't know if I'm fully on board with that kind of a fix, yeah. um, but, but I think if, if we do like, if they were to have each team possess the ball once and then sudden death or something like that, like that, that might be the most fair. It's, it's still not perfect, but each team like has a chance on offense and a chance on defense to make a stop. And then after that, it's, um, you know, go fuck yourself, go, go win the game, whoever, well, you know, I don't tough know. Because, because I mean, look at Mahomes scored in what, uh, 40, 40 seconds. No, 30 seconds. No, they had 13 seconds at the 13. end of the game. Uh, and yeah. he, uh, in, in two plays, 10 seconds, they got into field goal range. So that's why I don't feel too bad for the bills. Cause the defense needed to hold up for two plays and they didn't. And it, it's, it sucks. Um, and like you said, I love those crazy ass lovable idiot bills fans, you know, jumping through tables that are set on fire, but teams got to make a stop. Yeah, you, yeah. You, 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 that defense oh, the was top gas, rated. Man. Yeah. Oh yeah. But gas. I mean, you got to Somebody's got to make a play. It, it, it comes down to it. You got to play. You, um, it well, was the full the, game. Yeah. But that's I why know. I wonder. I mean, like, how many teams? I, I, I mean, I guess you'd have to run the numbers. But like, statistically wise, how successful are teams in a regular season running their two minute drills per game? Like, it, it can't be over eighty percent. You know what I mean? Like it has to be in the in the forty percent range for me to consider it. But I think I that that is pretty here. accurate. I got the numbers here. It's ninety nine percent. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is that I just you were only I, looking at the Raiders defense. Yeah. Sorry, bud. Ninety nine percent failure rate. Yeah. <laughs> I am curious to see because I mean, like NHL runs the the three on three, right? So yeah, they're they're taking and shorter, you know, a shorter period and whatnot. So it just. I'm just thinking of what would be electric, what would be quick, what would be fun, you know, and, and don't, t don't even bring up how we can make baseball more exciting, but 
I think that would be fun to watch like a two minute drill per team. I, I don't know if you divvy up and say, Hey, look, you know, after the, 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 if both teams score in their two minute drills and, you know, they go to another coin toss and then the first team scores, I guess. Right. Yeah. So, uh, a, a thought that I just had right now is, I mean, college overtime, each team starts on the opponent's 25 and they, they get, they just got to go 25 yards to score or kick a field goal. What if you start the ball in the 50? Um, yeah. You know, I mean, you get one drive from the 50 each team and then whatever happens, happens. Maybe, maybe something like that. I don't know. So my other argument with that would be is that people would be like, oh, you know, we're risking injury. Just have them start in the 30, two-minute drill. Go. Each team. Not even a kickoff. I think the no, you don't have to risk injuries. Well, 25? Too short. It, no, 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 it's no, too no, short. no, 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 no. Your 30. Opponent. Your 25. Yeah. Not, not, uh, not, not that close home. to the touchdown. So, okay. so you're saying your you got to drive 70 30. yards? You, yes. Okay, see, I'm saying drive 50 yards, but I mean, I think we, we might be saying – a similar but, but no, idea. But no kickoff. No kickoff. No, no, no. Yeah, 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 I'm not yeah, saying kickoff you. either. We're, we're yeah, just yeah. saying the ball starts on the 50. You got to go 50 yards to get a tug or you got to kick a field goal and then let and then let your defense make the stop. I mean, the only problem I'll, I would bring have it with the, the 50... Uh, yeah, I'll bring it up to the NFLPA next meeting. Run, run it up to Roger. See what he says. <laughs> the only problem with the 50 would be like, I mean, one pass, you're, you know, you're, you're in field goal range. So... Yeah. I mean, but they still got to make the pass. I mean, yeah. Well, that's the thing too. Is like, if you if you make the like field a, goal, if you make the field goal, and the other team scores a touchdown, obviously we know who the winner is. So it doesn't behoove you to score a field goal with your two minute drill on the first go because you may not you may not win it. This sounds like a wonderful continued bit. Yeah, during yeah. the um, during the uh, Pro Bowl week that takes place in between the Super Bowl and the championship, uh-huh. which yeah, is like the worst weekend of sports. Yeah. <laughs> like like uh, who gives a shit about this pro bowl? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. be talking a lot of warriors and sharks during that week, I think. And like, okay. So for um, all the things that the NFL gets right with the release of the schedule and the, you know, the draft and the combine agency, and like, all of all it, of it, dude. Pro Bowl is a mess. Like it's yeah, nobody dog cares. shit. <laughs> nobody cares. Well, before we start doing the rundown of the, of the uh, actually, no, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, uh, you uh, know, what? I, I think I think we should just run down the scores. I mean, we talked about yeah. the Chiefs and Bills, so um, uh, let's talk Titans, Bengals. Uh, Sam and I both had the Titans. Tyler was right by picking the Bengals. Um, out of bed, and uh, that ended on a field goal last minute. Uh, it was kind of wild. They turned the ball over. Uh, oh gosh. the Titans turned the ball over and Bengals were basically right there. Kicked the field goal as time expired. It was pretty wild. Man, um, I, I was yelling through my phone to you guys. I know you couldn't hear me, but I, trust me, my text message, I was yelling. Right. I was yeah. Super excited. I, I was actually digging a trench, uh, at my godmother's house during this game. Um, so I didn't get to see it. I just caught the highlights of it. And, but those highlights were wild. Um, uh, I was able to watch all the other games, but this is, it, it, it's just kind of crazy. Like Joe Burrow does it again. Like, I mean, you might be onto something with your, um, with your Bengals pick, dude. I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, they're playing, well, they're playing in, this is in where Kansas City. We gotta Kansas reincorporate, this is where we incorporate Tyler saying a couple weeks ago, they're going to go all the way. That's right. Yep. Yep. Bring it. Chime it in. Chime it in. Let that be the, uh, the first snippet in the beginning of this, uh, of this episode. <laughs> go all the way with like dream, uh, go ahead, go ahead. dream music. 
Oh fast, man, I fast uh, flashback music. Oh yeah, the the like the the Wayne's World. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, like if there's any fan base that deserves a, a, a chip outside of the Bills, I think I think the Bengals have been starving for one. So I I'm, I'm all for it. But what are what are the rest of the games? I, I know okay. you're, you're saving your best for last year. Yeah, that's right. So we had the Buccaneers and the Rams played. We all three of us had the Buccaneers, and all three of us were wrong. The Rams ended up winning, although they awesome. sure as shit tried to lose. Um, yeah. They were, they were up 27, three. We almost had another one and we almost had another one of those Tom Brady, incredible comebacks. Um, he tied, tied the game up, but then there was just enough time for uh, Matt Stafford to drive the Rams down, kick the field goal as time expired and Tom Brady's home. Yeah. They're, they're asking him if he's retiring. He's not entirely sure, but uh, the Rams move on to host the 49ers at Levi's South. So that'll be a fun. <laughs> um, the 49ers won against the Packers. Uh, it was a, it was a pretty ugly uh, offensive game, but I mean defense and special teams. I mean, I mean, th- if, if you're a Packers fan, special teams were ugly. If you're a Niners fans, uh, I'm going to save that for my spank bank. Like that's awesome. It was amazing special teams. <laughs> well, like I said, when when going back to Kaepernick and the playoffs in there. Lambo's been super nice to the 49ers. I don't know what oh, yeah. it is. They 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 love playing there. It, but uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is 0-4 against the Niners in the playoffs. Yep. And that being said, it's like, it was 13 degrees, but it my favorite stat was it was 13 degrees, but it feels like zero. Yeah. The wind <laughs> yeah, uh wind chill is such a weird like measurement. It's like uh, what does it feel like? I mean, I, I I know it's 13, but it feels a little colder than 13, doesn't it? I mean, I, I can attest all, to it. Yeah. I can attest to it because oh, I, yeah. I went to training in, in Missouri and it was 11 degrees and it was windy as hell. And I, I swore it felt like negative 10, negative 15. Like it was so yeah. cold, but that probably explains why the, uh, the offense was so sluggish. I mean, yeah. imagine and, getting hit in negative degree weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's no fun uh, for sure. But you get uh, the Niners blocked a field goal attempt at the end of the half. And then you get the uh, blocked punt uh, with five-ish minutes left in the game. And that blocked punt uh, became the Niners' only touchdown of the game to tie the score 10-10. And then you got Robbie Gold, as time expires, kicks the game-winning field goal. Him and Jimmy G, you're a fucking legend, man. Fuck the Packers. Oh, God, it was beautiful. Tell everyone my favorite part about that whole field goal uh, as far as what the Packers did. Oh, they had 10 guys on the field. <laughs> they didn't have the full 11. Uh, and, and you know, like, all, all, like Packers fans are like, oh, it, it, it was the 11th guy. He, he'd have made the block. <laughs> no, they know. We know. Oh, uh, man. Geez. The that, worst, the worst special teams in the NFL shows why they were the worst special team in yeah. the NFL. Same yeah, way you, the, the Cowboys with the, uh, most penalized teams show why they were the most penalized team. So their own downfalls let them down their own downfall. <laughs> That's right. Ah, uh, feels so, great. Feels great, who, baby. Feels great. I know. I know you're high right now on this whole 49ers win, but uh, who's leading in our uh, Pickham's uh, point rate? Okay. So um, I will uh, flip over to that page right here. And in third place, we have Sam with six points in second place is me with nine and Tyler, you're, you're in the lead with 11. So uh, championship weekend, each game is worth four points. So nobody's out of it yet, but how, how far ahead am I? Uh, you have a two point lead on me. So okay. 
Okay. Um, so we're right there. Uh, you know, neck and neck. We'll see what happens. Well, there's uh, only two games. Yeah, each game is teams. worth e- each game is worth four points. So, so let's let's let third place. Do you want to pick first, or you want first place to pick first? I want first place to pick first. Okay, okay, all right. Well, I always give us a chance to catch you. One of you guys go. <laughs> no. I'll, I'll go first. I'll go. You first. pick first often, first. but not always. Okay. Okay. I'll go go ahead. I'll, I'm going to start with the Rams right. 49ers side. Okay. Um, you know what? 49ers, baby. Just 49ers. I'm loving it. I'm loving I know the you, fact you that jumped on that bandwagon and we let you on and we haven't kicked you off yet. So um, hey, I'll let you stay. Look, we trade uh, Jordan Matthews like he's a, you know, a cheap dime whore. So you and I have had Jordan Matthews on the Eagles and on the 49ers so often that um, I feel like we have a partnership. There, there's, there's a kinship happening here. Yeah. I, I, I understand. Um, I'm I'm also going to pick the 49ers. The Niners have won their last six matchups against the Rams. Uh, Kyle Shanahan owns this matchup and the 49ers own Levi's South. Some of you may call it SoFi stadium. Niners fans call it Levi's South because that's exactly what it is. Um, StubHub actually reported earlier today that 43% of the tickets for that game have come out of Northern California and there are no Rams fans up here. So, um, I mean, I don't see many Seahawks fans making the travel down uh, for a to see one of their division rivals go to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to assume it's all Niners fans, and uh, you know what, not Vince? to mention the Niners fans down in LA because the NFL left um, San Francisco, left uh, Los Angeles, you know, without a team for 20 years. So plenty of Niners fans are going to be at this game. I, I expect it to be at least 50 50. Um, if not even more steep, if not even like advantage Niners down there. So it's going to be a loud crowd for the, uh, for the, for, for the home 49ers going down to our uh, summer house. So Niners win. What do you got, Sam? Well, first I do know Rams fans in Northern California, but they ain't buying tickets. That's right. <laughs> Second, there probably, probably be more Raider fans at the Rams game than there are Rams fans. There's more Raider fans. I saw more Raider jerseys in SoCal when I was down there than Rams jerseys. And we're not even in the playoffs anymore. I I believe it, man. I I will Um, point this out. When you go to Universal Studios, as soon as you leave the parking garage, the first store you see on your left is a Raider image store. There's a Raider image at Universal Studios. Yeah. Yep. Um, So, I mean, down in, uh, down in LA, you have more Raiders fans more Niners fans, more Cowboys fans, hell, more Packers fans than Rams fans. And Chargers fans are hardly existent at all because they abandoned their one city that cared about them. Yeah. So so let me break it down how I see it. Okay. I, I want the 49ers to win because this is a hell of a run they're on. I mean, what is it? Uh, three straight road games to get to the Super Bowl, right? And uh, then, yeah. Well, and then the last game of the season was essentially a playoff game to get mm-hmm. in. They had to beat at, the Rams. At Levi South, yep. It's four games, essentially, on the road to, to get to this point or to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I want the 49ers to win, but I'm kind of like, as the 49ers have owned the Rams, but I'm kind of worried Streaks come to an end. Oh, see, um, 
uh, I've heard some, I've heard people talk about this and, uh, they, they always get like expert testimony from Vegas, you know, uh, gamblers. They say always bet the streak because the streak, the, there's always a chance for the streak to keep going. You can, uh, if you bet against the streak, you get to be right once. Mm-hmm. If you well, bet you with remember, the streak, you get to keep betting. So you gotta, you gotta remember though, that last week Sam said that they had a beautiful run, but it's coming to an end in Lambo. So now yeah. he's saying it's coming to an end in SoFi. Levi South. Call it by <laughs> its right name. Um, uh, also, um, uh, I, I will add on that um, the, the Niners did win both matchups this season. And there have been, since uh, the merger in 1970, uh, 20, it, it's 22 previous times a team has gone 2-0 and against a team and met for a third time in the playoffs. And the winning team of those first two games are 14 and eight. So, um, so there is an advantage. Um, uh, it's, it's not a universal sweep. I mean, the, the team that lost two does, you know, pull one over every now and then, but 14 and eight for the team that's won the previous two matchups, that's a pretty significant advantage. I'm going to pick the 49ers. Ah, there he is. Here's what I think. I think the 49ers are playing their best football of the season. They're the hottest team. They got this uh, super offensive weapon, Debo Samuel. The Rams are not going to be able to stop that. Uh, Mitchell is running the ball extremely well. And Jimmy, you know, he he's a good quarterback. He maybe is not Aaron Rodgers. But he beat him. <laughs> yeah. He's maybe not a tier one quarterback, but he's I think he's a tier two. Um I think Stafford is probably gonna turn the ball over at least once. At least once. He averaged one interception a game throughout the season. So I and I believe Jimmy. He's known to throw a pick, but I think Jimmy could manage not throwing a pick or turning the ball over, you know, like a fumble. I think he could easily have a stat line of under 200 yards passing, no turnover, no turnovers, no touchdowns. They rely on the run game. They, and he's passing on third, third downs. Because he he's good on third down. He he makes the right decision on third down. If he doesn't turn the ball over, where Stafford, he wants to sling the ball over, which it's great. You know, he's a gunslinger. He has this arm, but it makes you prone to turn the ball over, which I think is going to give the 49ers offense another chance to score. And it's going to take a chance for the Rams to score off the field. I don't think it's going to be a crazy high-scoring game. And I think the 49ers defense... They're just making the right moves. They're making the right calls. I think it's going to come down to a... I think it's going to be a final possession game again, but I think the, the 49ers are going to win again. I mean, if I had Cup on my team, I'd be big swinging it too, man. Just put it on the table and see what they say, you know? So I get why why Stafford is a is a go big or go home kind of guy, especially if you have Cup on your on your roster here. Well, but, if I uh, had that arm, I, I so would I. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I'm, I'm no. I'm not saying he's not talented. I'm not saying like he sucks. 
I mean, mm-hmm. if I had that arm, I'd be in the NFL throwing that motherfucker all over the field, you know, <laughs> but it's going to come over to turnovers. I think it's really going to, who wins, so you know, I, I don't, I think the 49ers offense is better built to not turn the ball over where the Rams offense is built on big plays. It's, I, it's I think this game is going to be one of the second half and big play offense as exciting as that is, and as awesome as that is, and all the numbers and all the stats, that's great, but it also puts you in a position to turn the ball over. Yeah. And I think that's where the Rams, they're going to turn the ball over at least once. And I think the 49ers, if they don't turn the ball over, they're going to make efficient drives. Well, so so Vince can probably attest to this, but there's two tales of, of a Jimmy G. There's a first half Jimmy G and a second but, half Jimmy G. Sometimes I, there's three I, I tales. Would, I would just say there's good Jimmy and bad Jimmy. Um, and th- th- that's the way I would phrase it. Cause sometimes uh, it, it's kind of tough to tell when good Jimmy, uh, when there's bad also Jimmy's gonna porn show star Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> porn star Jimmy. Yes. Yeah. Um, my, 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 uh, my, my, my running gag nickname for him is, uh, Jimmy Pornhub G because of that infamous, uh, We'll say date. Uh, the, I don't the, know the about date. girlfriend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the date he went on like uh, like two weeks after he signed the big contract. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but so that being said, is I, I think that there's two tales of a Jimmy. I, and I don't think, <laughs> I think you might see a first half Jimmy that makes you just want to hide underneath the blanket and not watch football, you know, for the, until next season. And in the second half, Jimmy, he he wakes up. You know, and I think um, he's been doing a really great job in the playoffs of quelling that first half, Jimmy. But I think in L.A., you're probably going to see a little bit of shakiness, you know, a little bit of tentative nerves. And I think uh, second half, Jimmy is going to come out. And I think that's where this game is going to be won is second half, Jimmy. Okay, Um, so all three of us are on the Niners. Uh, So Bengals, Chiefs, that game kicks off at noon Pacific. Um, Tyler, who you got? Oh, man, if I was a gambling man you already know who i'm gonna pick i'm riding this train out Bengals all the way super bowl champs they're beating the 49ers okay oh you're God. you're call you're calling for the third matchup between the niners and the Bengals in the super bowl i'm pulling um, the rams man i'm 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 already predicting that i'm gonna be in the next round with this team and we're gonna win it okay um I am going to have the chiefs winning this matchup. Chiefs are favored by about seven. Depends on which line you look at. Some say six and a half, some say seven and a half, some say seven. So we'll just call it seven in the middle. Um, I, I just, I, I think the chiefs are too much offense and the defense has done just enough, uh, outside of last, uh, I guess technically including last week. Um, but I mean, last week the defense barely showed up, but, I, 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 the defense other than last week has been fairly solid the last, especially the last half of the year. So uh, I got the chiefs, Sam Vince. I agree. Um, I think there's just going to be too much Mahomes playoff. Mahomes is whole other level, too much Mahomes, too much chiefs offense. All right. So our chance to catch up to Tyler is actually on this chiefs Bengals game. If the chiefs win, I'm in first place. If the Bengals win, Tyler basically has it out to pasture and, and we'll see what happens with the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, so that's our picks for this week. Um, uh, anything else football related we want to talk about before we move on, gentlemen? 
Um, Sean, Sean Payton's going to be the next Raiders head coach. No, Hot he's take. not. Hot no, take. he's not. Um, Sean Payton is leaving New Orleans. McCarthy is going to stay in Dallas somehow. Um, two guys have been hired so far. Um, Matt Everflus um, at, at Chicago and Nathaniel Hackett uh, in Denver. Uh, so, you know, uh, we're, we're seeing how this will go. And the Raiders yeah. still need to hire a GM and, you know, they haven't even oh, hired. Their yeah. Team. Yeah. There's, there's been plenty of, yeah, there's, there's still plenty of uh, openings and teams I'm are not, the, uh, I'm on the, what is it? Not, is it Dobbs? What's the guy from, from Cincinnati that they're looking at? I don't have the names in front of me, but I know the, they, that kid, they, that kid's pretty young too, but, but the, they're, they're pretty high on him too, as the GM position for the guy from Cincinnati. The yeah, scout. I know who you're talking about. I don't have the name in front of me, but out of everybody I read about, uh, the guy from Indianapolis, I think it's Dobbs. I think most Raider fans are hoping he gets it because everywhere he's been, he's been a part of the scouting department and he's like won Super Bowls wherever he's gone as like the, the players that he identified in the draft have been studs. I know the Colts didn't make the playoffs, but I think they had like 11 uh, pro bowlers on their roster on um, both sides of the ball. Yeah. So as a roster, they did great. It's they, a talented roster and they should be in the roster. playoffs. They should be. Um, so I think like Raider fans are hoping he gets in because of uh, draft picks. We haven't had, we haven't had a uh, first round success. And that's where you're supposed to have success, and they haven't. They found some players in the later rounds, but you know, you're you're for you to, for a franchise to continue to be successful year after year after year, you have to hit on your draft picks, and I think that's what we're hoping for. So, we'll see where it goes. Okay. I'm I just a segue here too. I'm getting ready for this. Uh, Warriors basketball game that might have three count them three all stars and definitely has two definitely, definitely has two. two um so yeah let's let's dive into this um all star starters have been announced oh boy and I'm LeBron a, LeBron is your this. captain and yeah. uh, Kevin Durant is your other captain yeah. so they'll be choosing the teams is Kevin gonna even play isn't he still hurt. Like I thought he had surgery or something. Yeah, you know, I I, I don't know, um, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, he may still pick the team. He's still going to pick the team because it'll be Team LeBron versus Team uh, Durant. Hmm. Well, we'll see. But I am excited that Wiggs, ninth year in the league, gets his first dra- draft pick. I mean, I'm sorry, first All Star pick. Yeah, you know, you know what's crazy though is he's 25 years old and is is his ninth year in the league. Is that correct? That can't be right. No, it he's like, be right. He's going to be a sixth year. He's going to be a sixth year. Sixth year. Sixth year. Yeah. Okay. I, this, this is wrong from what I'm reading here. Okay. So six year in the league, first pick or first all-star pick. I'm super excited for him. He's getting so much flack and shit in, uh, on Twitter. And, it, and all to say to the people on Twitter is look who's leading in three point percentage and player efficiency. And it's going to be Wiggins. And um, is it a product of, of the uh, warrior system? 100%. Absolutely. 100%. But could you say that that's the product of, of most best player systems? Like, you know, he still has to execute. Exactly. I mean, he's, he's still yeah. got to go in the hoop. Yep. 
So I'm, I'm Wiggins, happy for him. I'm happy I'm, for him. Yeah, I'm absolutely happy for him too. He absolutely has earned this. This is not something that was just handed to him. Like, and and fan voting is fan voting, and he he was up there in fan voting because his numbers were great. Yep. I mean, like, like it's not like he was an all star reserve before this. Like he's uh, he he's on a great team. He's making his shots, and now he's he's an all star, and it's well deserved. He, he may I'm have ha- had yeah. a little bit of help from a K-pop group, but you know, hey, you know what? Your own. You gotta That's do what you right. gotta do. Yeah, you gotta energize the fan base however you can, and he's done it. <laughs> um, how do we feel about the East picks? Obviously, Kevin Durant doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to you. I mean, we were looking at Kevin, Giannis, jo- Joel Embiid, Demar Derozan, and Trey Young. I can see one that I would flip flop. Um, Kevin Durant, if he was healthy, obviously he's going to be there. But I can see one that I would flip flop. What about you? You know, what? I'm I'm fine with it. I I, I um. I'm not going to argue too hard about it. Uh, DeRozan's on the Bulls. The Bulls are a really good team this year. Um, seemingly out of nowhere, but I mean, they've been kind of building toward this for a couple of years if you haven't been paying attention. Uh, so, I mean, I, it, it makes sense. Uh, Trey Young's also a, a huge up-and-coming star. So, yeah. I mean, I get it. Um, same with John Morant in the West. Uh, uh, the Grizzlies are no joke, and the Warriors know it. That's the team that gives them the troubles. Um the last sure. couple of years. So yeah. But, uh, I, I honestly like as far as starters go and starters are always picked by the fans. Yeah. Um, there's still plenty of spots left for, um, reserves. So, I mean, we'll see. Um, yeah. You know. My only, my only thing is I, I get it. Fans want to see Trey young. I like Trey young. I have no arguments with that. I, I would probably just flip it as Trey young as, as maybe a six man or reserve and then do Zach Levine. I think Zach Levine is super underrated. I know DeMar DeRozan's had those two amazing game winners and he's had an excellent season, but uh, you can't discredit Zach Levine. He's having an excellent season too. And there's a reason why the bulls are, you know, one of the top teams and why the Hawks are the 12th team. So that's the only reason why I would flip flop. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to necessarily argue with that. Uh, Yeah. It's just like, like I said, I mean, fans, it's a fan vote. Um, I've, I've already talked about how I don't like uh, fans being able to choose starters, but it is what it is. It's the system we got. And you know what? I mean, could have had more egregious things happen. So, you know, whatever. How about you, Sam? I, uh, honestly, I don't, I don't care about all-star teams in general. You know, it's just that the games aren't competitive. Um, I guess when I was a kid, I appreciated them, you know, because you're like, oh, wow, these are the stars of the game. You know, these are the best players. But, you know, yeah, I mean, if if you go through the list, you can argue about flip-flopping that guy, moving this guy here. Um, you know, it, it, I guess these all-star games, it's about the kids. It's getting new fans. It's star power. It's growing the brand. And uh, I agree with you. The fan vote, um, it it doesn't really work, you know. Um, It's fine. You know, (laughs) it's like the all-star game is like, especially the NBA, nobody plays defense. Well, one thing I wish that they would bring back, um, I would like if the NBA all-star, the winner, obviously you can't do that if you're mixing up players from different, you know, divisions or east and west but 
I do. I did like the idea of the winner of the NBA All Star decided home court. Like no matter your win record, that was your. That's like baseball. Record. Exactly. I I really appreciate that because you got a little bit more competitive game. And not to say that basketball All Star in the fourth quarter isn't competitive. The, the competitive motor picks up in the fourth quarter, but it is three quarters of just lobs and dunks and ridiculous stuff going on. Which it's fun for the fanfare. If I was paying money to sit there and watch that, I, that's what I'd want to see too. But. I would like to see if it would decide the home court advantage. I used to watch, I thought at one time the NBA all-star break was the best. And really it was because of the three point and the dunk contest. Yeah. It's the events, the skills competitions. Now it's, it's not or it's not as entertaining because the best dunkers and the best shooters don't really participate anymore. So it's really not the best, you know, you get some really good shooters and some really good dunkers, but it's not like Steph Curry doesn't compete every year. Clay doesn't compete every year, you know, and the best shooters in the world don't compete every year and the best dunkers don't compete every year. So it's not really, you know, it's entertaining, you know, but it's not, it's not the best, you know, and, MLB, I mean, that's that's the the All Star Game and MLB is not very good. How mm-hmm. you know pitchers they go one inning because you know you don't want to get hurt and all this stuff. Where you know there's this huge lag between. Um, it seems like the you know baseball is going so far into winter time. It's like not even the fall classic anymore. It's like so far, you know. It's end of November every year now at this point. Unless there's a sweep. Where I'm kind of like, I think baseball should do, you know, they do the all-star break. You take a couple days off and you do, you do kind of something like what, what the NFL did. You put the all-star break before the world series so anybody who's in the World Series, you're an all-star in name, but because you're in the World Series, you don't play. And then the all-star break is like a series. It's like best two out of three or something, you know? And then you're, you're, you're actually playing the game. You're playing defense. You're trying to – and, you know, maybe it's it doesn't decide home field or any of that craziness, but – you're deciding, I don't know, a bonus. Maybe there's some big, crazy pot of money. And, you know, whoever wins another crazy pot of money goes to a charity of some kind or a high school or. A, well, you, know, you could do I the big know. pot. of You could do the big, big pot of money in the midsummer. I mean, but my, the thing is about with baseball and even the NBA, nobody plays defense because of injury. Like nobody plays the game as it should be because they're like, it's, you know, we don't want to get hurt. We got this, this game to play after. So I think there's something to what the NFL, I, the pro bowl sucks too. You know, um, it's the worst. I think it sucks for a different reason. And I think because football it's timing, it's, it's more intricate than the other sports. To, in the sense of like there's timing to passing trees and communication with the quarterback and receivers and knowing where your blocking is coming from 
and audibles to protection, you know, and so you can't really, you can't really play the game as it's meant to be with pro bowlers because all of the, the nuance of the game and you're, you're, it's a contact sport where like baseball, like you could still field, you could still hit, you could still bunt, you could still, you know, do the things in baseball. What makes the all-star break suck is with baseball is, I don't know who, who, you know, whoever's the starting pitcher, they go one inning, you know, you, they go one inning. It's like, well, what if they're, they're throwing gas? I want to see that guy go seven, eight, you know, like, what I if, mean, they used to back in like the seventies. Um, they used I th- to, I think but, part of that is um, interleague play. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the, the, well, that's you, but, but yeah, you're not watching the all-star for the all-star again. I can tell you that I haven't watched like the last like six of them. I'm watching MLB, or, uh, MLB All-Stars for the long ball. Chicks dig the long ball. That's what I'm watching. I'm watching to see if a dude could hit a ball 400 you know, feet. That's, that's why watching. I watch the Home Run Derby. Home Run Derby is a lot of fun. They, 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 they home Run it. Derby's great. Home Run, yeah. home Run Derby's great. I'm just saying like I rather watch competitiveness. And it's the same with the NBA. Like, uh-huh. you know – you get these scores that are ridiculous. Nobody's playing defense. They're laughing. They're all high-fiving. And to me, I want to see competitiveness. I want to see a good game. You know? So That's I, what I'm like- I, I think if you decided that in basketball, if the winner – in the way I would fix it is you, you can keep it as whatever plays you want to draft. I'm cool with that. But who, the captain is obviously going to be from the West and a captain from the East. The winner of the the captain that is the winner gets the home court advantage for the East or for the West in the NBA Finals. I think that's how you fix it. That's how you get competitiveness to come back. But is it going to happen? Probably not. It, you know, owners are paying you know gratuitous amounts of money for these players. They don't want to see someone get hurt. What is generally known as the break to recoup and recover. I think so we need to do for the NBA. I think the NBA needs to do like a hybrid of things. They need to get like Steph Curry gets a team. Durant gets a team, healthy players who can actually play. And then they get to pick two teammates. And then it's just a three on three tournament. You get like six teams and it's just a three on three tournament, two days, three days of a, of a tournament, make it competitive, make it fun. I don't care about the all-star game. (laughs) Okay. I I don't, I don't care. I don't care about it. Okay. That's fair. Um, I mean, we started talking about baseball. I mean, I, I wanted to bring it up too. (laughs) uh, We we did have, um, hall of fame, uh, announcements happen. And the only person inducted is David Ortiz. Uh, and he, I, I honestly believe he is a Hall of Famer, and he deserved it. That being said, there were a couple of names that were left off, and this was their last year of eligibility, and I think it's horseshit they were left off, uh, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. And this is, you know, this is where we, um, uh, we have the, st- the steroids discussion, we have the likability discussion, and I think that's what it comes down to is um, David Ortiz is likable 
And his name was rumored to have been on the um, the 2003 list that wasn't um, made public. Uh, but it was rumored that he did test positive uh, when there were no um, repercussions in, t- in 2003. But he hasn't tested positive since. And they th- there was rumors that uh, there may have been a couple of false positives in that list as well. So um, uh, Rob Manfred was quick to point that out. Um, to try to legitimize it in some way. Uh, so what a terrible you know, I mean, commissioner. Yeah. What a this, fucking yeah. terrible commissioner. This well, fucking well, guy. In, in David Ortiz's defense, there was yeah. a couple false positives. Yeah. I think well, it was like what? six Release of the, the yeah. fucking list. That's right. Release the people who were positive and release the people who were false positive and release the people who are negative. You want to you want to eliminate the podcasters like us who are talking shit about this. You want to eliminate you want to stop the act- the the journalists writing about it, the radio host talking about it, the TV people talking about it. Then release the list. Release it. Absolutely. He will, he, will, he will never do that. He gets paid so much money from the owners, which two things. My argument about it is that why are writers still voting in players? That is a subject it's of there. It's the writer. The it's the baseball writers hall of fame. It's not. It, that's, yeah. that's the problem right there. Mm-hmm. My sec, my second problem I have is that Bud Selig made so much money off of the steroid era and just he knew dudes, dudes were doing steroids. It was it was you know it was an it was, it was an the most open open secret. Yeah, yeah, everyone knew about it, but it made the MLB money and it made it popular. He's in the Hall of Fame. How is he in the Hall of Fame? And he let all of these people with steroids in it play, but yet the dudes who made him money are not in it. That's my two arguments, and I, I just I can't I can't. I, I know Roger Clemens is a POS, but and, you know, and Bonds has his issues off field, but. When you're looking at players and what they did on the field, there's no there's no better than those two guys and what they did and what they produced. When yeah, when oh, they, you know, Hall of Fame talks about there's this clause of you know being a good person and not being a piece of shit clause, right? I don't know that it's yeah. BS because when you have open racist, I don't care what era they played in. When Ty we, Cobb, we, we live in so many a modern. We live in a modern society where statues of people are coming down because of whatever. Right? They're coming down. So it is crazy to me that somebody like Ty Cobb and there's others. We know there's others because it's mm-hmm. it's from a generation to sit. And this guy was rude to. Reporters, obviously the racist comments, but he still got in because of his athletic ability. Okay, fine, whatever. It's a baseball hall of fame, not a humanity hall of fame. Okay. Of baseball players. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Fine. Okay. Okay. Is, is, was Barry Bonds an asshole? Yeah, probably, you know? He he didn't go to your banquets. He didn't go to. The, he didn't give you the comment. He wasn't nice to you. He didn't welcome you and give you all the insider information stuff. Who gives a shit? He's 
he's the best ball player we've got to see in the past. What since Babe Ruth? Yeah. Well, uh, Vince, Willie Mays what, probably. Yeah. That the I, last. I remember. I remember we did a previous podcast, all three of us together, ages ago, and I remember the, one of the topic of debates again was was Barry Bonds going to get into the Hall of Fame? So this is what a year ago, maybe two years ago now. So I said the same thing, and I remember telling Vince, and Vince agreed with me. Look, I don't care how much steroids you do. You still have to hit a two-inch white ball that's moving. You, you still got to go to talent? the gym. You still got to practice. You know how much talent you it still is to hit do a th- little two-inch white ball that moves? We've talked about this in the past. Like, Jose Canseco, piece of shit. Worst, worst yeah. advocate of, like, unfortunately, his fucking book is the thing that broke the the camel's back. It's the It's the... The, it's the watershed moment that made this all come out. Okay. And he's the worst person to made to make this happen, but it happened. Okay. We know people are, were using steroids and as big as an asshole as Jose Canseco is, and all these other guys are, they're still in the gym. They're still working out. They're still practicing hitting a baseball. So you you can't say you want to, you, you're not going in the Hall of Fame because you cheated. You cheated the game. Because Roger Clemens, I never heard a fucking peep from the media saying Roger Clemens wasn't nice to him. Yeah, he, I heard he, he was a little rough, but he did all the interviews. I remember seeing hella interviews of Roger Clemens growing up as a kid. I remember seeing him on uh, This Week in Baseball almost every week doing something on that show. I saw nothing but Roger Clemens on TV, especially when he got to the Yankees. So you can't say, we're going to protect the game from the steroid users. You know, because look at A-Rod. A-Rod did all the media shit. Mm -hmm. A-Rod was everywhere and. Yeah, he's a, you know, he's a scoundrel. He cheated on his wives and girlfriends and he's, you know, not a particularly nice person from what I hear. But you know what? It, you you can't whatever argument you want to say, whether it's you you should have been a nicer person, there's a clause of being a kind person. You can't say that. Cuz there's races in the Hall of Fame. And you can't say it's about protecting the game. Be- and I agree with you, Vince. David Ortiz is a Hall of Famer. And yeah. he is lovable. And he is a cool guy. And he has some of the greatest hits in baseball history. And he's a multi-champion with the Red Sox, who were cursed. He's part of the teams that broke the curse. Yeah, Look he won three and stuff. nine. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he's, he's a Hall of Famer. I'm not trying to take away anything from him because I would have voted for him. I would have put him in. So it's not about that, but we know like we know there's suspicion. We know he's part of the list in Oh three that tested positive. Maybe he never used it. And maybe he was part of a false positive. Maybe we don't know, but MLB, you can't use these writers can't use any of these arguments because there's too many examples of people that go against those arguments that are in. So at the end of the day, it's about people who you like, 
people who you got to make money yep. off of because they gave you the quote. They gave you the headline. And that is BS. Yeah, and because Barry Lamar Bonds didn't play ball with them. And he was he was there to do his shit. He did his job on the field and then said, fuck the rest of them uh, because he was kind of a dick. He's now not in the Hall of Fame and it's going to like the the committees that like, you know, every every three years or whatever, they're going to vote on players you know during this weird? era. I and watched it's, this. It's so weird. I watched this ESPN documentary about Barry Bonds a couple months back. I remember talking to you guys about it uh, a, a few months back. I think we might have just talked about it when we were coming up with this new podcast idea. And I remember watching some of these interviews with Barry Bonds and thinking like, I think publicly when the lens is on Barry Bonds, he's an asshole. When he's baseball, Barry Bonds, he's probably an asshole. But I feel like once those barriers are torn down, I bet you he's probably a pretty cool dude. Sure. But I I think his walls are up because when he grew up, he heard all of the all of these stories from his godfather and his father about you're you're a black guy playing baseball. You're a black guy playing baseball, they're not gonna take your side. So I think is that right or wrong? I don't know. I'm not deb- I, I don't know. But I think he grew up with a perspective and how and he he was in the clubhouse and he witnessed writers treating his father and his godfather a certain way. And that's what he grew up with. You know, so I don't know. I think I think in a in a a a one-on-one atmosphere where you were able to smoke a cigar and drink some whiskey with Barry Bonds and just no cameras, no writers. I bet you he would probably be pretty chill. I've actually like, you know, just anecdotally, I've heard like some, some of my Giants fans friends say like he was pretty, he, he was always nice to them. And, you know, in, in like those smaller situations, he was always a cool dude and whatever. Uh, but it was, he was a dick to anybody who was, you know, like looking for, looking for dirt on him or whatever, or looking right. for a story or something. So yeah, it's looking for a story. Yeah. Give me an autograph, like the, he, the takers. Give me, give me, give me, give me. Yeah. You know, like, and you know what? Like for, you know, I, I'm a nobody, right? I'm a podcaster and like, a, uh, you know, I do some acting, right. But at some point it, you get people, Hey, do this for me, do that for me. Pose, Pose for me in this. Pose for me in that. You know, do your catchphrase. It's uh, all right, man. Like you're a human being. Sure, you're a human being. And I remember he got all. I came down his road when I was a little kid, right? Like you know, oh, I don't like Barry Bonds because remember when they opened the the new stadium? His locker room was separate. And, oh, he had oh, like yeah. the the, yeah. the three the like he had like two lockers on either side of him that were and not the, used the recliner and, yeah. and, and mm-hmm. all these. But you, you know what? I hate to defend Barry Bonds, but in his defense, who built that fucking stadium? Who paid mm-hmm. for it? Who mm-hmm. packed the seats? They're not there to see all these other players. They're not there to see the owners. You know, yeah, Jeff Kent there. wasn't the draw. JT Snow wasn't it? 
Yeah. <laughs> and as great as those guys are, they they weren't there for him. Barry Bonds was a one in a lifetime, once in a generation talent. And it's a damn shame that we can't appreciate what he did. Steroids or not. Steroids ster- I don't care about steroids. Yeah, I don't either. I don't that give was- a shit. I don't give a shit that Rafael Palmero did him. Yep. I don't give a crap that Yvonne Rodriguez did him. I don't give a crap that anybody did him. It's part of the game. And if the commissioner who supervised it is in the Hall of Fame, then all of them, anybody who you numbers-wise is eligible. Well, and I think this there's is the, gatekeeping one, in the worst-case scenario. One of the things I saw on Twitter that was kind of a chuckle for me that was ironic was that Roger Clemens is not in the Hall of Fame, yet his sock is in the Hall of Fame. His famous bloody sock. Oh, you're talking about Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling. Schilling, Oh, that's Schilling. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Schilling, that's that's another one who should be in. Um, And he's he's not, and he won't. He's a raging asshole, and I don't want to ever look or see his face again, but he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, He's a dick. Uh, He's a Hall of Fame-worthy dick, though. So, both on and off the field. Kurt Schilling, you know, Roger Clemens, all of them probably a POS off the field, but you know what? On the field, Hall of Fames, all of them, all three of them. But we're not here to, that, that's the problem. The, the writers are so biased because of how they were treated and their emotions and feelings. Right. No, that's not how it is. It should be, what did they do on the field? What, if you want to look at numbers and statistics, it's still going to be those guys. And that's what it should be. And the fact that it's not is a damn shame. And, you know, the commissioner should be ashamed of himself and, Honestly, I, the, the MLB is a joke. I mean, everything about it is a joke. Our the A's ownership is a joke. The 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 Hall of Fame a joke. Commissioner a joke. I don't know why I watch this. I think I just one day I'm going to wake up and it's all going to be changed, but it's never going to happen. You know, Tyler, it's interesting you say that because this off season, right? Like we know once baseball is open for business, we we know star players from the A's are gone. We, we mm-hmm. know it. We, they're gone. And the A's raised the prices. It's now more expensive to go to an A's game than it is a Giants game. Um, the owner, you know, it's like we're so close to this new stadium, but yet I'm not excited for this franchise. No. Yeah, no. Uh, the... Uh, Oakland Planning Commission uh, unanimously uh, unanimously approved the final uh, environmental impact report. So uh, the city council has, you know, is the next step is for the city council to kind of take possible action of some kind. And like you said, so the stadium is moving forward, but uh, yeah, it's just the whole thing is like, there's a gray cloud over our heads with all of the other extracurricular shit that we've gone through. Uh, uh, they, for the fans that did re-up their, uh, season tickets, they're like, oh, we'll give you a replica Jersey too. Oh, and it ended God. up being, oh yeah, oh it ended up being the cheap giveaway Matt Olson jerseys that like, I'm sure they had planned to give away a while ago, but never had the opportunity because of COVID. And it's just, it like it, everybody was saying it's like, it's, it's shit quality, and this is the kind of stuff that like you go to a Saturday afternoon game and stand in line and and get it, like for like an hour and a half before you get into yeah, the stadium to get. And it's just 
it's disappointing. And after they were I've being, seen some after of the they photos were told, of it, yeah, I've seen some yeah. of the photos on Twitter and, you know, there's like little, these like micro videos of like the fabric being moved and it doesn't even look to the quality of a giveaway shirt, you know, I yeah, mean, it it's looks so bad. bad. Yeah. This yeah, is, it it's just, it's, it, it's so, it's already tough being an A's fan. Uh, in, in especially in the Bay Area, it's the little uh, kid brother syndrome, basically, with the the way the Giants are covered versus the way the A's are covered. And when they do shit like this, it like you know, or the the fire festival lunches for their minor <laughs> leaguers or whatever. Like when <laughs> shit like that happens, it really just it it makes it tougher to be an A's fan. You know what's yeah. interesting, Vince, as you yeah. say, the little brother syndrome is like when the Raiders were in Oakland, I never felt like the Raiders were – I never felt like a little brother to the 49ers. Yeah. Because so, I was Al Davis – Al Davis, like he is not as wealthy as the other owners when he was alive. He, he's – you know, Mark Davis, not as wealthy as the other owners. But you – Never heard the Raiders are like, no, that player's too rich for their blood. They're not in. Like the Raiders were always up against the cap. They were always spending money. If they, if they thought, rightly or wrongly in some cases, but yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> I'm a Raider fan. I grew up a Raider fan. The Javon Walker deal. Who, like, why the fuck that money was given to Javon Walker when he was healthy? Amazing. But, He's coming off a major, major injury, and he still gave him the money. Javon Walker wanted to give the money back and retire, and Al Davis said no. But Al Davis always tried to go after talent that he thought would help him win, help the team win, and he made mistakes. He made huge mistakes about that. In the defense of the Raiders, yeah, he made some huge mistakes that cost the franchise a lot of money. But for a long time, there was like there's teams that in the NFL that didn't pay anything. They didn't go after anybody. The Bengals are good now. The Browns are respectable right now. But how many decades did it take to even go after a free agent to even get to the point you're at right now? Right. You know, I never felt as a Raider fan like a little brother, like the Raiders are not going to go out and make a big move or retain a guy or, oh, my God, they can't pay Tim Brown. They're going to trade him. Oh, my God. You know, they always retain Tim Brown. Mm-hmm. No matter what, they retained him. He's our guy. Retain him. He's the best player on our roster. Bring him back. Pay him what he needs. We're the A's. You know, there was a few years in the 2000s where they drew over 2 million fans. Mm-hmm. They still traded away players. They still let people walk. You know, and I have said this every single time we talk about the A's and ownership and blob and legacy. Name a Hall of Famer that the A's could put in in the modern in, since 1990. Yeah. Name well, a name a Hall of Famer. 
Yeah, well, anybody a, anybody outside of Ricky Henderson in in yeah. the last thirty years? Yeah, he's well, already well, that's the in. Thing. So you can't, and yeah, he's already in. That's the but, thing. Yeah, but that's the thing is I I agree that like uh, there is this little brother syndrome, right? But With the, the problem A's. is that yeah, right. But the problem is that it's not because we as fan base feel that way. It's because the A's ownership made it that way. The, Correct. The, 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 the A's ownership doesn't want to spend money, so it makes us feel like. Oh, we already know we're going to be lesser than you because we just don't want to pay for players. That concept was perpetuated by the ownership, and that's a porous. When the Warriors absolute were dog, terrible shit. decision. When the Warriors were dog shit, did you ever feel like you were the little brother to the Kings? No, absolutely not. Like, and did I still, you? Ever, no. Like, no, come on. Like, and we sucked. They sucked. The Kings were. We're going yeah, to the playoffs, it, and we it, and they were going to the playoffs with Chris Webber, who was our guy. But yep. did you feel like the little brother? No, no. you it didn't, like an, and you had terrible ownership. Yeah, <laughs> but they marketed the shit out of it. It's a great timeout. It's a great timeout. It's a great so, timeout. I mean, come watch, come watch Kobe. It, it comes to John. Come watch Fisher, Kobe in, in the shack take on your Warriors. I remember those. I remember that John vividly. Fisher. <laughs> is wealthy has a huge wallet but he's a fucking joke loser he's a yeah. fucking loser you know if if you feel like you can't spend money on a sports franchise then you shouldn't own it you shouldn't own it 100%. i don't go out i could go and qualify for a loan for a vehicle that i can't afford i can't I could get the loan, but should I do it? Am I going to be able to pay the insurance, pay for the fuel? <laughs> yeah, you're, pay for the tires. You're not driving a Lamborghini anytime soon, you know, because I could walk yeah. into a Ford dealership and say, I want to, I want a Raptor. Okay. Sure. Are you willing to pay 700, 800, 900, a thousand dollars a month? Yeah, no problem. They'll give me the loan. They'll give it to me because all they give a shit about is get that truck off the lot. I could get it, but can I afford it? So if you can't afford the A's and if you can't afford to put a, to keep players on the roster, then you shouldn't own them. Yeah. 100%. You know, it's, it's that simple. You know, I don't know if you guys saw this article come out a, um, a few months ago where, there was uh, some ex-employees at the A's like front office that were talking about when they, they opened up their office at the, at the Jack London square, they opened up a new office over there a few years back yeah. and John Fisher made an appearance, like a very rare appearance. He showed up and he like was in a uh, A's jacket and, a, and he like, nobody knew who the fuck he was. And he like introduced himself as the site. I'm the A's owner. I'm the cheapskate owner. And he was trying to make it a joke. I'm the owner that's too poor. And it was like, literally these people were saying it was crickets. And he was saying it as like, Oh, I'm one of you. I'm a guy. It was just crickets. And I mean, this guy is just completely out of touch. This is, he, he is the definition John Fisher's the definition of you buy something and you have it 
to just talk about with your fucking friends, with your billionaire buddies. Mm-hmm. You don't On give a shit about yachts. winning. Yeah. You don't care about winning. It's, you know, there is no way in hell that baseball is losing money even during a pandemic. You're oh. not. Because there's there's revenue sharing throughout the league. So when the Dodgers signed this billion fucking dollar deal with Fox, a percentage of that goes to MLB. And a percentage of that goes to all the other fucking teams. All of these franchises, whatever they negotiate in media and marketing, and all of it gets shared. The Dodgers get a majority of it because it's their market. It's their deal. Mm-hmm. But the A's, get a, they get a piece of the pie. And you get these owners that are politically against welfare, but what do they do? They collect welfare. So all these owners are getting wealthy. And it's not just the A's. You know, that's the thing. Like, we're in the Bay Area. We're talking about local teams. But it's not just the A's. You know, Tampa Bay, yeah, they were in the World Series. Yeah, they're competitive. But you know what? They they don't retain players. I, I know they just made a, a huge deal. But they don't the, retain players. Yeah. Traditionally. Mm-hmm. You know, so Pittsburgh Pirates, you're to a brand. The Pittsburgh Pri- Pirates is one of one of the oldest baseball teams. The most recognizable MOB logos. They don't. They won't pay for shit. They got a brand new stadium. Don't pay for shit. So you, you can't say that payroll is intertwined with the stadium because. You know what? Okay, let's say he gets this. Let's say John Fisher and the A's get the stadium. Unless you're fucking number one in payroll, then what are you talking about, dude? Yep. You know what? You know it, it, it's all a lie. And I'm for the stadium, even with this piece of shit leading the way. You know I'm for the stadium because the city deserves it. The community deserves it. You know, and I just hope that somehow, some way, you know, Billy Bean and John Fisher are true to their word where, hey, as soon as we, we're, we're, the stadium can pay for these players and, and attendance goes up and revenues go up, you're going to see these players stay and we're, we're going we're gonna to be more competitive on the financial front. I hope. I hope. I'm not holding my breath for it, though. But I'm not. Exactly. Exactly. Because it'll it'll be something else. It, it, it yep. could very easily be some other reason why they don't want to sign somebody because they don't want to break open the piggy bank, right? Anyway, it gets, it gets ridiculous. But um, I, I do want to touch base here on a couple other sports here, real quick. Uh, Vince, you want to give me a little uh, hockey uh, insight here today? Uh, yeah. So the Sharks lost Eric Carlson for a couple months. He had surgery. Um, they were on the playoff bubble. Losing Eric Carlson is a huge blow to that. Uh, so we'll see how they respond. I mean, they won uh, big forward. Yes- yesterday. Yeah, they did. They won in Washington yesterday for one. So, uh, so that was nice to see. And Timo Meyer is an all-star. Um, hopefully they can get, uh, 
Tomas Hurdle somehow into the All-Star game. It's going to take an injury, I think, to get to make that happen to somebody else at this point, uh, which obviously I don't want. But, I mean, the, the numbers say somebody's going to get hurt at some point. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, Hockey is obviously a very tough physical sport. Um, anything can happen. We'll see. Um, yeah, so it, Evander it, it, uh, Kane, though. Yeah, that's the that's the big one that I was about to jump onto. This this broke earlier today. Um, Evander Kane is going to go to the Edmonton Oilers uh, for it, it's it's one year, but it's prorated, so it's basically for the rest of this season. Um, I know that he was he was already talked about going there, you know, and um, but I, I, there was so much controversy, obviously, with with Evander Kane himself, but going to the Oilers that's already got you know, guys with, with toxic, I think, attitude problems. I mean, look at, uh, what's his name, uh, with that interview that he Leon did. Yeah. So uh, does this bolster up the Oilers on the field or on the ice? Yeah, um, absolutely. I, mean, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it does. Yeah. yeah he, he's a, he's a power forward. Who's got a great shot and he can score. He, I mean, he's like a 30 goal scorer every year, basically when there's a full season. Yeah, uh, but, but I, I think their toxicity is is probably gonna rear its ugly head, and I don't yeah. think they're gonna make the playoffs. I, don't. Well, I mean, right now they're on the outside looking in, and that's uh, this is this is a high risk, high reward game, yep. high reward move. Um, if he's, I mean, we, we've said it before, he needs to be on his best behavior, and he wasn't able to do that in San Jose after uh, Joe Thornton and uh, Joe Pavelski left. So, yep. so I mean is the core leadership in Edmonton strong enough to keep Evander Kane out of trouble? And Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a, that's a thing they're capable of doing based on what we've seen so far. And they're, they're a team that's uh, plummeting in the standings. And if he, if he goes there and he's on his best behavior and he plays well, he might be able to turn him around. Yeah. I mean, he he has the skill set to do it. Absolutely. But yeah, one hundred percent high risk, high reward. You know, I'm 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 not sold that that's going to be the case. So yeah. obviously, I just I, um I wish him luck. Uh, I I I want I want the best for everybody. I'm I'm an optimist at heart. I know we were just like you know going going hard at at John Fisher, but I I, I want everybody to have the best you know possible circumstances. Uh, but I just, I don't know, man. I, all right. I, I you don't said John it. Fisher, you got me all hot again. So here's another 10 minute rant. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, look, I do wish the best for Van Kane. I, I hope that he gets the help that he needs. You know, obviously he's definitely got a gambling addiction, whether he gambled on games or not is, you know, uh, yeah. to be seen, but he's definitely got an addiction that's, uh, you know, like any other addiction, he needs help and he needs, and he needs a good core around him. And obviously, him and his he wife needs- are going through some tough stuff. So he, he's got a lot of things to deal with in his own personal health and demons. Yeah. He's got to figure out, um, excuse me, if there's a suspension of some kind also for breaking the uh, COVID protocols Yep, as well. So fake vaccination card. Yep. Yep. So, so, I mean, he's got, there's a lot of hell that's still to rain down on him. So, um, sure. sure. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. So that, that's all, that's all I got on hockey right now. Well, we don't talk about it, and we haven't talked about it. Tell me about some uh, some football, some soccer. All right. So, um, World Cup qual- qualifying is happening right now, and uh, USA and Canada are on top of CONCACAF, which is basically North and South America. Um, 
uh, uh, it's it's North and Central America, excuse me. And uh, uh, right now, the uh, the top three countries will get to advance to the World Cup. Uh, United States is and Canada are on top right now, uh, nineteen points uh, versus um, uh, eighteen points, and they they have three points for a win, one point for a tie. So that's how the standings are. The fourth fourth place goes into an international play in tournament. So right now, United States is looking pretty uh, pre- in pretty good position to move on to the World Cup, which. Um, which is good for, you know, Fox and whoever else is airing the World Cup, you know. Well, uh, they won tough. today. Yeah. They, they beat they, El they Salvador. Yep. They got uh, my, my boy, my boy in there, uh, Antonio Robinson. He's my, my uh, anyone who's Hawaiian, I just call him my boy. But uh, he's <laughs> actually, uh, he, he was born in the UK, but his, his uh, parents, I think one is from New York. I think his pops is from New York, and, but his mom is from Hawaii. So shout out to Antonio Robinson for uh, getting the only goal to, to beat El Salvador to go up three games in this uh, playoff tournament. That's right. And, uh, and we, we are uh, nine out of four games are completed. Uh, nine out of 14, excuse me. And uh, so there's five games left and they have a four point lead on Mexico uh, who's in third and Panama also has um, 14 points, although they they have a game in hand. Uh, they're, they're playing Costa Rica. It looks like uh, later, later this week. So, well, real quick, I'm hoping Vince, for Vince, uh, Tyler, oh, uh, Tyler's a Island boy. So those I'm are an all his Island, island boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here chet hanks I, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, I i do hope that uh usa makes it in I, I i would love to have some uh one of my favorite memories was the 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 last world cup that usa was in was what eight years ago i yeah, think right? they didn't so, qualify last last time i do remember going to san francisco and i was with my fiance and they, I don't know, we were doing something and I decided to break off from them. I was like, you know, I want a beer. So I popped into this pub. I had no idea that USA was playing at that moment in time. One of my most favorite sports moments of all time is walking into a pub full of people who just love football, love soccer, and just watching it in a pub with people. It was, it was the most gratifying thing. People singing, people cheering. You could hear them from a mile down the street. I think it was probably the reason why I walked in. So I do hope USA gets in. I'd love to go to a pub with you guys. Oh, uh, yeah. Hopefully one that allows boosters and vaccines before you walk in the door. Right. But. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love watching soccer with other people. That's it's a lot of fun who are especially people who are um, really into it. Um, yeah. uh, Sam and I have gone to like an earthquakes game before, and that was a lot of fun. I mean, I've also gone through my work. I've gotten tickets to go see the earthquakes, which is um, really good seats as well. So if you ever Vince, have the chance that was, to, do, uh, to do that. There was one year where we went, was it to the uh, the Sharks game? And then we watched the Warriors clinch a playoff game to the next round. And we were at the Sharks game, right? I I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was one of those. Um, I remember... There was one where the Niners uh, beat the Rams actually as well, where I was at the shark tank, but I was, it was intermission. Breaking was news. 49ers watching. beat Rams. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's willing this into existence, isn't he? Yeah. Well, they, they kicked a field goal uh, as well to do it then. So, I mean, I, I, I've seen it happen before and I'm hoping to see it again. 
So it all comes full circle. <laughs> That's right. I am the center of attention. I have the biggest gravitational pull as the biggest boy on the on the podcast. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> Well, guys, you know, I, this has been fun. I'm glad we got to do a, a kind of a longer episode. Sorry, you know, for anyone who's still sticking around, I appreciate you guys sticking around. You know, it's been quite a while since we've uh, had a long fulfillment baseball rant like we've had today. So uh, shout out to Sam for that one. And, uh, you know, I, I hope we get to do this again soon, you know? That's right. Um, so I just want to read off um, real quickly. You can always um, reach out to us on Twitter and uh, Instagram and our handles are SVT sports pod. Um, on those, you can also send us an email SVT sports pod at gmail.com. Uh, send us any, send us anything at all. Um, slide into our DMS, you know, whatever. <laughs> Before um, we go, I do yeah. want to tell you guys that I'm going to the most magical place on earth, um, Disneyland, uh, in about two weeks. And I, was reading apparently they're going to be having all of the uh the super bowl you know festivities at the disneyland california park yeah. so uh keep a lookout for that guys i will take some pictures i bought a brand new phone so i could have some good quality pictures and i'll be posting those up on our on our twitter page there so we can all kind of fanfare yeah. and enjoy the festivities see see all the espn personalities while they host from disneyland and all that fun stuff yeah and all the totally gratuitous amounts of makeup that they wear before they get on set as well that's right <laughs> <laughs> um well guys anything else from you and we're, we're uh we're returning to our normal schedule on sunday yeah so after the uh, niners game we'll record i think okay. we can possibly catch me either crying or going ape shit either way. Like we did a couple weeks ago. I think that'd be fun. We, that might be our first uh, video. Might just have to record Vince in the final 30 seconds of this game. If it's that tight, you know, <laughs> uh, dude, like I, you may need a crowbar to pull, to, you know, pry my ass off the seat or something. I'll be like, like my ass glued to the seat. Just like, you know, all puckered so tight. Got to pop me loose, man. <laughs> we should just party together and get a barbecue going on Sunday. Don't tempt me with a good time. You know, I'll bring the meat. We'll Ooh, talk about it off air. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> All right. Good night. <laughs> Later, guys. Have a good one. See ya. <laughs>